1: We're back peak to pit. TJ, it's been a long time since we've done this, but since we're back that means that college football is right around the corner.
0: Yeah, 6 months or so. I think we we our last episode was the Super Bowl. I think that's what we're going to try and do from now on. I think that, you know, that we we don't get deep enough into recruiting, we don't get into you know, a bunch of other things. And so, yeah, I think it makes sense just to kind of do this as seasons, do it August through whatever. We'll go through the rest of the NFL season. February, that encapsulates National Signing Day. You also get the Super Bowl in there. And then we'll take off during the summer. It's too crazy in these households um, during the summer, I feel like. Seven kids between us and then like me having to take care of Kara and Eric, Kevin, take care of you. Like, I mean, it's just, it's a lot going on. So, um, know, you how's your summer been? You I know it's work. it's rough on us. Please send prayers. Um, how's your summer been? How's your day been? How are you?
1: Summer has been good. Uh, crazy. I feel like you know now that we're back in school, we're on a little bit more of a schedule. The girls are back on the same gymnastics schedule, which they weren't in the summer. So I feel like I would never had a second to breathe the whole summer, but now it's like. Okay, we're back in our routine. The babies go to meet the teacher tomorrow because they will do two day twos starting the week after. Nice. So that's like a big thing. I'll have six whole hours without children a week. I don't even know what I'm going to like do with all my free time. <laughs> uh, craziest thing happened today, though. So, um, you know, Eric and I are really involved in Hadley and Hayden's school, and Eric is in charge of the dad's club. And they had a real problem with um, drop off last year. Parents just going places they weren't supposed to go, pulling in front of buses, like situations that put kids at risk, even if it was totally on accident. So, at the beginning of the year, the assistant principal and I talked, and we decided that we would have Eric and a couple of the dads from the dad's club kind of help the first few days of school to remind people the right way to go to car line, remind people what areas are off limits, like things like that, so that maybe we could set the tone for the year. Everybody could remember how it's supposed to be done. And then, you know, everybody behave. So last (laughs) week, school started on Wednesday. Eric and a couple of dads did it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Perfectly smooth. So on Friday afternoon, the uh, assistant principal texts me and she's like, listen, I don't think we need the dads next week. Like everything went so smoothly. Tell them thank you so much for their help that like it made everything run great. But like, I think everybody knows then we're good. So I told Eric, don't worry about going on Monday. Everything's good. Monday morning comes in. I walk in the office uh because i'm going to go to our pta room to work some and our assistant principal is standing there in tears because a parent had i guess basically decided the front of our school buses drop off and cars are not allowed to drop off there. cars drop off in the back of school well parents decided they didn't want to wait in the car line so pulled into the front of school and sent their kid out who almost got hit by a bus and the assistant principal had to like scream the kid's name and you know nothing bad happened and then later another parent pulled up and she was like, you know, I'm sorry, you can't drop your children off here. And she basically was like, well, I'm dropping them off anyway, and like threw her kids out of the car. And it just was apparently very stressful. So she's like, can Eric come back tomorrow? And I was like, yes, Eric will come tomorrow. So this morning, Eric goes. You know, they give them the dads this like like orange traffic vest that he's safety got like, vest. A big it's like It looks like a safety time. patrol. Like, yeah, you know what they're <laughs> there for. So he said that there were several parents that tried to pull in and he had to explain like front of the school is only for buses. It's for kids safety. You got to go around, whatever. Well, one parent just hauled around him like sped around him to go to the front of the school from where he was standing. So Eric walked over, um, you know, she pulled up right in front and, let her kid out and so eric went and stood in front of her car and was like ma'am listen you can't pull in to drop off here you've got to go to the back of school so like from now on please make sure you go to the back of the school well she started like yelling and cursing at him out the window so eric said he was like ma'am i can hear you i need to know that you can hear me that you are not allowed to pull in here she hit him with her car like I mean, she didn't, like, run him over, but she bumped into him with her car and then drove around him. And apparently there were some other parents that, like, had meetings and things at school, so they were in the parking lot. So, like, they ran in to tell admin that a car hit a parent, and our assistant principal called me, like, or texted me, actually, and was like, oh, my gosh, is Eric okay? I'm so sorry, and he's totally fine. But that's the kind of crazies that these schools are dealing with at 7 12 in the morning.
0: Yeah, I can't take all that. <laughs> if somebody, but I, does Eric stay pretty calm on stuff like that? I'd have, I'd have lost.
1: Generally, it. no. But he knew what role he was in with school. So, like, yes. But if that had <sighs> happened while we just happened to be walking across the street in our neighborhood, it probably would have been a very different outcome. But like, yeah, he knew the whole point of being there was to diffuse things, not like, you know, stir them up. But, so but he got tomorrow. in the, with the
0: car. Yeah, I got hit with a car. It wasn't like he did something, you know.
1: Right, right. But like Pretty also ridiculous. just don't come in there. Like, you know, and she barely told the assistant principal, I don't know why you're calling me. You should be talking to your volunteer who wouldn't let me in. And she was like, ma'am, the volunteer is there because they're helping us not let people in. Like right. that's he's, that's the he's point. Doing his job. So
0: uh parents are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, totally
1: it's ridiculous. not so
0: bad on us just yet because our kids are so little right but um but yeah like people are ridiculous and i can't wait to get to well, a little bit how do you people want nuts.
1: your like first grade student or whatever grade they're in to like respect authority and listen to other people and behave if the mom's out there acting like that
0: yeah um yeah, they're probably horrible kids. Like I'll just say, that. I'll put on our, yeah, put on a record. We're we're live. Everything's re- you know, it's recorded. We'll put it out. I want uh, They're they're they have the bad kids.
1: Whoever well, Hadley
0: and Hayden come home and complain about, like they that's probably their
1: parent. That's probably their kid. Well, <laughs> I you know, I feel bad because this is not this child's fault, but it sure as heck is this parent's fault. So.
0: I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, all right. Let's jump into some stuff. Let's talk a little college football. It's been a while. If you guys are watching, if you're listening, hit the share button, hit retweet, um, or you can share it organically either way. We certainly would appreciate it. Um, new coach. Uh, Napier was hired by, the, you know, when we were doing this, so it's not, you know, like it's totally a shock or anything, but we right. made it through the summer. Football season is here. Um, what are your, what are your expectations? I mean, you know, the expectation at Florida and Florida state might, I mean, it's to win a championship every year, but like sure. past that, right? Like, Okay, no, I don't want the cliche canned answer, but like, what what kind of turnaround do you think it you know it is like? What's like what kind of timeline do you kind of expect things? When do you expect? So you know, not to so, start an argument early, but I, I don't know that Florida legitimately expects to complete for the SEC this year. Right. Um But like, what what kind of timeline do you put on that? And and what do so, you expect I, out I of mean, this year and the near future?
1: Honestly, I think any coach that coaches at Florida, at least if you look at like the short term history, gets three years to, to prove that they are really headed in the right direction. And two years, you know, in McElwain's case was generous because he only made it two and a half. I mean, I think, I think you probably get three years to show that you're going to trend the right way. I think that all the things that we've seen so far are that Napier's trending in the right direction. Florida's had a couple really great things happen. um, that coincide with Napier being there, but aren't a direct result of Napier. One of those being the new dorms, which were already in the works prior to him going there, where they basically rented out a high-rise apartment complex for their student athletes. Um, So that happened right at the very beginning of him getting there. That's a huge improvement. That's something that Florida has needed. And then this football facility that's been under construction for the last, I guess, like 18 months, almost two years at this point, which also not Napier's design. He does have his fingerprints on it because he did get to go in there and make some of the changes he wanted. But this was happening regardless of who the head coach was. And those two things are huge for whoever happens to be the head coach of the University of Florida. Florida's facilities got upgraded um, when we were in school towards the end of Eric and I being in school. And at the time, that was a head coach. Of the game they had some of the best facilities at that time but that's been a long time so their facilities really lagged they were in the bottom third of the sec up until this new facility opened on sunday so uh, this is this is huge for florida recruiting wise they have a state-of-the-art facility that blows you know almost everybody out of the water per except for you know maybe the top three or four programs in the country um They've got a lot of momentum recruiting rise. I think Napier has really turned it on in the last couple of weeks there. You know, you are on Twitter a lot. You see that, you know, two months ago, Gator fans were not happy at all with the direction that recruiting he had was to going. write an open
0: letter to get them all He did, Which
1: is, which honestly, as a, as a fan is mortifying. Right. That like you, you complain to get a guy that took you to a new year's six bowl three out of his four years, you complain to get him fired, but then, so you got what you want. Right. And then you weren't even going to give the guy through the off season to show that he could do something. He's never, he hasn't even coached a game for Florida. Um, And I think that that's embarrassing that, 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 that had to happen, right. That, that open letter had to happen. But one of the things that Napier said is patience. We're going to build this the way that we think is the right way to build it, which obviously that's a cliche line. We hope that, you know, all football coaches hopefully are going to build with, you know, brick by brick instead of with cardboard or whatever. But he said, this is going to take time. He knew that what he walked into was not what he wanted. And I think that you're already seeing that payoff. His recruiting class that he's putting together looks good. It's filled a lot of areas of need. He's done something that he said was really important. And it is, which is keep Florida kids home. There's only, I want to say three kids in this upcoming signing class that are committed so far that are from out of state. I think one from Alabama, two are from. Outside of Atlanta, um, that's what you need to do to win championships in the state of Florida is keep your guys from the state here. And Mullen wasn't doing that by the end of his tenure. There were guys leaving for Alabama for Georgia. He's had Napier's had at least two head-to-head recruiting battles with Saban and um, with Kirby Smart that he has won, and that's not something that I think Gator fans are have seen the last couple of years. So all of those things are positive, but all of it's going to be nothing. If the product on the field doesn't start to improve.
0: Yeah. I think this year, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the schedule. We'll talk some expectations for, for Napier here, and then we'll talk a little expectations for Norvell and then we'll talk, you know, what, what we kind of expect out of both teams for this year. So mm-hmm. kind of macro and then go into the micro. But yeah, yeah I mean, my take on Nepier is they, they probably should give him more than three years right now. They should. I'm always a
1: proponent of that. Yeah. I just don't if think that's realistic. That's not the way the I, fan base works. I
0: actually do think he's going to be a good coach. Like this is mm-hmm. not setting up a troll for later. Like this, I actually do think that like he's very organized. He mm-hmm. puts an emphasis on hard work, large staff. I I just think it's going to take time. Like, I don't think they're going to be on the same planet with Georgia this year. Right. And, and honestly, I don't know if, if one recruiting cycle, like, so like next year, I don't know if, if that's enough to really be on the same level as Georgia. Right. And so like, I think you're, you're probably going to lose to Georgia the next two years. Right. And so like, if you're only giving him three years anyway, geez, you better hope that he wins that third one. But I do think the things that Napier can do Mm -hmm. are like, You've got to stop losing to like the Kentuckys and the South well, Carolinas and the Missouris, and so like that. You've got to lose,
1: be, always beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, right? Like you right. beat the and teams so you're supposed the, to beat first, and then you pull an upset, and then you just always win. And there's right. a, there's a progression to that. Right.
0: And that's the thing that, and that's the same thing Norvell needs to do, right? Like if he loses to LSU, nobody's gonna care. Right. I mean, people want to win. If you lose sure. to Clemson, nobody's gonna care. You lose to Miami or Florida, which they went one on one in those games last year, but you lose any of those games, and people are like, mm-hmm. okay, well we get it, right? Those teams have more talent. Right. Well, like if you lose to BC or you lose to Syracuse or you lose to Wake Forest or like those are the games you got to stop losing. And so same thing with Napier, right? Like you've got to win the games you're supposed to win. Right. Um, And that has to be the first step to me. And I I do think he will be successful. I think that um, it's an incredibly difficult um, job. Mm -hmm. And it's very much like, um, you know, Taggart or Norvell taking over Florida State where you're down as a program and you're also in your division is the top team in college football. Like when Florida, like when Florida state, when like Taggart came in and when Norvell came in, like Clemson, I mean, it's like Clemson, Alabama every year. And so I think think that,
1: but TJ, it is worth pointing out that like, there's no, there's no arguing that Florida's down, but prior to last season, there was three new Year's six bowls in a row. So I don't know that I really think the level of down at both the programs is the same right now
0: i don't know i mean you know that's florida, not what our jimbo schedules tell us. jimbo jimbo left in 20 jimbo left in 2017 mm-hmm. and the five years before that florida state had been to five straight new year sure
1: sure so but, but, that, but you know 2017 i mean how long that was a long time ago no, no, I'm not
0: saying the programs are in the same place right now. Okay, I mean, I okay. will say their Vegas odds are both six and a half games, and we so we can talk about the schedule here in a minute. Yeah. but I, that's where I think that the takeover is very similar. I think that like I think the takeover tagger, is,
1: but I think the the, t- you're, the, taking over,
0: the you're taking over your time of down,
1: destruction is longer at Florida State, so. so I think the I rebuild is longer is is harder. If you're talking about that, the last time you were up was 2017. So, Right, right. No, I mean, not, two years ago, Florida right. was in the year six bowl. So I think yeah, the that's not that's not my, my argument.
0: I think you're yeah, I think you're you're here. I'm not saying anything about what's happened past.
1: Okay,
0: Taggart and Norvell. I'm saying that basically Florida's down right now. Florida State yeah. was down in 2017, and mm-hmm. you were down with the best team in college football in your division.
1: Right, right, right yeah. Outside I mean, of Alabama, so, and that's so that's true, my yeah, yeah, that's
0: my only takeaway. Okay. Nothing that. Norvell has done since then. I'm not making any kind of prediction about so how long how it'll take long Napier or anything like that. how do you
1: think Norvell has?
0: I, I mean, and what are your important.
1: thoughts on how recruiting is going for Florida State?
0: I think this year is really important. I think Florida State is, I, okay, so this is a wild take. And want we'll to see what your thoughts are on this, but I did tweet this the other day in a reply though. So nobody could see it. Cause I didn't okay. want to get hate mail. I think Florida State's recruiting better than they should be right now. Now, I think they're recruiting worse than the standard, right? Like the standard in at Florida, Florida State is top five, top ten class of, 100%, all the time. all the time. I think that Florida State is recruiting slightly better than their record. Now, okay. I don't think okay. it's massively better. I don't think it's like, wow, this. Okay. good Lord, this is impressive. Well, I
1: mean, but Florida, Florida State just, should be an easy sell, right? Really, truly, well, Florida, yeah, Florida State, Miami, they should all be decently easy sells to these kids that grew up watching these teams and live in this state Uh, where there's more talent than any other state in the entire country. So I can see why Florida state would recruit better than their record. They're marketable in that aspect.
0: And you know, Florida state had finished with the top finished with the number 20 overall class last year. They were the only team in the top 20 to not make a bowl. So they recruited better than everyone else that made a bowl. Right. And, or that didn't make a bowl. Right. And so, I don't know, that's probably grasping at straws. Like that's, Probably putting a really – now, again, I'm not trying to put lipstick on a pig or, you know, whatever cliche you want to use. I think they're doing sl- – like he's slightly – like he's bringing in slightly better talent every year, right?
1: Okay. And okay.
0: so – but eventually that has to translate. Florida State okay. brings back 80 – I'm sorry. No, let me back that up. It's it's reverse. They bring back the 11th most production in college okay. football this year. Like that's a lot of returning guys. Like, there just weren't very many guys that went to the NFL. Jermaine Johnson right. went to the NFL, Jay Sean Corbin went to the NFL, Kier Thompson to the NFL, and that was it. Like, you didn't lose anyone else that you're like, oh man, I can't believe we lost this guy. Right. Um, quarterbacks back, entire offensive line is back, entire defense minus one or two guys is back. Like, okay. I, you you've got to and, and so your development has to take over. They've obviously sure. added a few pieces in, in the recruiting class, in the transfer portal. They've they've done a fairly good job in the in the transfer portal. Um, I have a buddy that says, you know, recruiting or living on the transfer portal is kind of like living paycheck to paycheck. Like you can get by, but it's not, not the, not the best way to live. So, yeah, I, so, because eventually that, that luck runs out. Like you're eventually going to admit, like Florida State's gotten some hits in the transfer portal. I mean, Jermaine Johnson came in and went first round, but you're not going to get hits like that every year. And so, yeah, I think they're recruiting slightly better than they should be, but it's got to translate to wins this year. I, you know, we're going to talk about you know the schedule and the record and everything else. I think he needs to get to seven wins. I mean, I think if he makes a bowl, I think it'll be fine because they'll make a bowl and then they'll they'll so, play something terrible in the bowl. I mean,
1: I think there's a difference between looking at it logically and seeing what the rebuild was, how much time he should be guaranteed, how much time are your fans going to allow? Like, are they going to look at it like you're looking at it and there's a, approach there's a it? A logically?
0: Yeah, so I would say that our fan base is not quite as toxic as yours. Okay. Um, I, mean, I don't think you know. I'm not arguing with you there. I think but Florida's
1: fan base I, is just rabid.
0: Yeah, I uh, I think there's a subset of the fan base that already wants him gone, okay. and then there's a larger subset of the fan base that's that's like prove it to me this year. I yeah. hate I hate the excuses. I hate the you know oh well this happened and that happened because at the end of the day, Mike Norvell's made a lot of mistakes and and has not been perfect by any means. I do think that he took over at a very difficult time with the pandemic Mm
1: -hmm. basically
0: happening as soon as he started. And so he lost really all benefit of like a bump class, right? Right. Like you're seeing Uh Napier recruit really, really well right now. And most new coaches do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kelly at LSU is recruiting really well. Cristobal is recruiting really well at Miami. You guys recruit most new coaches. Taggart did. Taggart recruited extremely well his first class. I think it was like, yeah, You can, you have something to sell. There's been no product in the field. Nobody's seen you suck yet. (laughs) People are excited. And he really didn't get that. Like couldn't get any kids on campus his entire first year. And so I think that really set him behind the eight ball. Um, I also think that like you kind of mentioned where I do agree with you on the fact that Florida is not the dumpster flyer that Florida state was when Mullen left to where tagger left. Like when Mm tagger left, like it was an, absolute train wreck, absolute dumpster fire. And so I think that, I think folks knew it would be a rebuild when, when Norvell got here. I don't think they knew that a worldwide global pandemic was coming sure, that keep sure. kids on campus right. for a year. Right. Um, so I think this year is for the, for the guys that are still like kind of holding on faith and holding on that he is successful. I think this is kind of the show me year, right? You okay. you need to get to seven or eight wins. Um, I'm actually really, really locked in on eight wins. I'll tell you how I get there in, mm-hmm. in a minute. But it may have to do with the bowl. Um, But I think it's like okay, you went from three wins, then you went to five wins, and there was some some hope, some promise in those five. You know, in those five wins, not you know again to to silver cloud or silver lining Mm -hmm. on a cloud here. When you start zero and five, and then you go five and two, or zero and four, and you go five and three over your last eight. Mm-hmm. yeah if you just do five and three twice you know like yeah that's that's the way to you know just don't start freaking on and four right so I don't know there was some optimism there was some positivity coming out of last year if he can get to seven or eight wins I mean I think that that will be enough I think he'll stick around him and, and they'll keep him if he I think at six they would keep him I think five or less like they've they've got to exactly. move on I think when you look at the schedule too like we argued last year about whose schedule was tougher we had the big LSU and UNC argument. Obviously both those teams suck. So it became like a terrible, you know, mm. argument to have. But when you Let me know, look at recruiting who's, classes, who's whose who's crap is worse. So um yeah, I think uh I think Florida State schedule it, there's a lot of tough games and there's a lot of really easy games. There's okay. not to me, there's not as much like, you know, and I think Florida's schedule is is pretty similar in, in that fact. Like I think there's some games they're like, Oh my goodness, and then you know, Florida probably has a few more coin flips in there, but um yeah, I mean, he needs to beat the teams that he's supposed to beat. I think there's yeah. – we'll, we'll look at schedules here in a sec, but I think there's like five or six games on Florida State's schedule. That if they were to lose any of them, I would it's find a it a, a big, big problem. Yeah, I think that there's maybe a couple less on Florida's from that. I don't know if it's all the way up to six. Um, mm-hmm. There's probably three games on Florida State's schedule that I don't like them in at all, mm-hmm. and then – you know, maybe three more coin flips. So, anyway, we we can look at the schedule and talk about it. But yeah, like he needs to make a bowl. He needs yeah. to make a bowl, and and that'd be a start. I think if he makes a bowl this year, I think that it goes six and six this year. Makes a bowl, wins a bowl, seven wins. That, that is improvement. I think next year will be kind of still a okay. You you need to get that up to eight or nine. If he can get to eight yeah. or nine this year, you know, win seven, then eight in a bowl, win eight, mm-hmm. win nine in a bowl, whatever. I think if he could do that, then I think that the, the pressure would be off a little bit last year, Well, right. know, next
1: year. Because you've already
0: shown it. You've proved it. Um, Moving,
1: trending the right way.
0: Yeah. So, okay. You want to look at your schedule first or mine? What do you want to uh, do? It
1: makes no difference to me. Wherever wherever you want to go first.
0: So, you guys start out with a banger. We both kind of start – well, we, we start out with a kind of a dud on a week zero game, which is exciting. Football will be back in 11
1: days. Um, i excited. I can't even tell you. We'll go
0: with you guys. I like to – like I want to hear you go 12-0 again like last year. So um, you guys start with Utah. Game mm-hmm. one, a really tough team. Um, Number
1: seven in the uh, preseason AP, yeah. um, which I thought they'd be top ten. I was honestly a little surprised that they were as high as seven. Um,
0: yeah. Um, had a good top. year last year. Yeah, brought a lot of guys back. Um, honestly, should have beaten Ohio State in the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. if, if their quarterback doesn't go down. Um, you know, whipped Mario pretty hard a couple of times last year out at Oregon. Um, Florida's a slight favorite in this game. What are your thoughts are, around this one?
1: Um, so I think Florida does beat Utah. I think that there's a couple factors that um, play well for Florida in this game. I don't in any way think that it's like a blowout or anything like that. I think it probably starts a little tight. And I think Florida, you know, wins by seven to 10 potentially at the end. I think that Um, It being Napier's first game in the Swamp, the the Swamp is electric pretty much all the time, but it's always electric, a coach's first game out of the tunnel. Like, I mean, that is something Florida fans have had to do a lot lately and do well. Um, I think the atmosphere will be awesome. I think that Utah is not going to be prepared for the humidity that comes with the heat that's going to happen. I saw things where they were saying that if they were practicing in their indoor facility with the heat turned on, so that they could get used to it. And I saw somebody else comment that like, okay, well first take a shower, don't dry off, put your pads directly on, then go into the facility with the heat turned all the way on. That's gonna be a more accurate depiction of what you're feeling in the swamp. And I mean, it's a seven o'clock kick. I would have liked a 330 even better just temperature wise, but it's gonna be 90 degrees. It's gonna be 90 degrees in the swamp at seven o'clock at night. I mean, that's just, so I think that those two factors play well for Florida. So I do think they, they win um, at the end. I think, like I said, I think the first half is, is a little tight. Um, But I think that like, that's a hell of a game to come out the gate with, you know, it is not the, you know, sisters of the blind that they're used to opening against Utah is, is a real test. Right. And then from that um, Kentucky comes to the swamp. Um, This is another hard game. Napier does not get the benefit of, starting with a cupcake or two to kind of see what he's working with. He, his guys are going to have to turn into men week one. There is no tune up games that happen here. Florida's tune up games happen later on. Um, I do think they beat Kentucky as well. Um, which, you know, so then you're, you're talking about you leaving week two, you've beaten two top 25 teams. Florida's currently not ranked. Like, what does that do for you to beat a seven? And I want to say Kentucky's maybe like a 20 or something like that right now. Um, you know, where to, Where does that you, – you've got to think Florida's decently ranked at that point, right, if they were to win, win those two games.
0: Yeah, I'd say like between 15 and 20 would, mm-hmm. would kind of be my guess there. Um, if they
1: win seven – and if they beat the number seven in the number 20 team when half the people in the top 25 will not have even played a ranked opponent? Let um, two
0: yeah, I mean, I think 15-ish is fair. I mean, I don't think they'll be top 10 at that point.
1: I think that there's a decent chance that they're somewhere between nine and thirteen ish. But I mean we'll see. It also depends on how they win, right? They win yeah. convincingly both of those games. That's a different ranking than if they squeak by at the end of both of those with the home field advantage and you know whatnot. Yeah. But
0: and and preseason rankings are, you know, we know that they're Oh, I mean stupid, I, I hate right? them. Like I like wish I think, they didn't
1: rank you know, anybody till week six, but they're money grabs, so
0: yeah. I mean, Florida is going to be a favorite. Uh, Florida is a favorite in the Utah game as an yeah. unranked team. And so uh, to me, that's the biggest thing is like, mm-hmm. was Florida ranked too low? Was Utah ranked too high? Yeah. That Probably is a little bit of both of those thing
1: when it's such a yeah. close. Right. So um,
0: i will be interested
1: to see how that line moves too.
0: Yeah. That's a tough right. one for me. I, I, lo- okay. So I've got a, a reverse take on this uh, when we get to a couple of games in the Florida state schedule. I like Florida individually in both of these games. Like if if both games were happening in a vacuum, mm-hmm. I like Florida to win. Now, not by a lot, because I think Kentucky's quarterback is probably one of the best in the conference. And I think Utah is really, really tough. I do think that just knowing that, you know, unless he does something stupid in a hotel room the night before, Anthony Richardson being healthy in game one mm-hmm. should make a big difference. Like if you're playing Utah like later in the year, maybe that's a little bit tougher. Maybe that, you know. If, if, if you got guys that have bumps and bruises or mm-hmm. if it's not so hot, I do think that the atmosphere, the swamp kind of being juiced, I, you know, again, Anthony Richardson being, we assume fully healthy going into that mm-hmm. game. I mean, you know, I certainly don't want a or camp injury to happen. You know? yeah. 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 Like that'd be pretty awful. So uh, I, I think I lean Florida there. I also think I leave Florida against Kentucky. I think they will be slightly better, um, a little more talented, um, I do worry about the defense uh, against Kentucky's quarterback, but I still think Florida pulls that out in a vacuum. I've got Florida going to zero, but big time football, a lot of times in football, you're never as good as you were the week before. You're never as bad as you were the week before. I think if Florida, I actually like think Florida goes one-on-one here, but I don't know which one I think they lose. Like I think okay. if they beat Utah, Coming off of that, I think they have a little bit of a letdown against Kentucky. If they lose to Utah, I think it galvanizes them and they beat Kentucky. So if you just, you know, if both games just were happening like at opposite ends of the year, I picked Florida in both,
1: not by a lot,
0: like by three each. But I do, I kind of expect Florida to split. I have a similar take about a couple of Florida State games later. I it's the reverse. Like Mm -hmm. I'm picking both opponents, but I think Florida State wins one of them. I just don't know which one. So then, so anyway, I I guess one and a half wins in those first two is kind of what I've got. I, I think, you know, Florida probably wins both, but I mean, who knows? Like, you know, we're, we're projecting a lot and Florida did. That's the one thing we didn't talk about. Florida did lose quite a bit of, um, of production. Their top two pass catching uh, targets to top two touchdown mm-hmm. leaders left after last year, top running back left. Um, they're, you know, I, I think we all expect Anthony Richardson to have a good year, but he had times of, of weakness last year. Sure. And so sure. He's an there's a lot of him.
1: at this point, his, um, his flashes were brilliant, but you know, the low we points were a whole, were whole lot well out of yeah. him. Yeah.
0: So I think it's, you know, it's, it's knowing that, right? Like if, yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways it can go, but I do like Florida. Like I like Florida slightly in both games, but we'll see how it goes. Um, I don't want to. We don't have to go like so crazy here. Yeah, obviously expect Florida to to beat U, USF. Yeah, exactly. uh, I'll even skip the Tennessee game and say I really like Florida to win the next two games with Eastern Washington and Missouri. I, mm-hmm. I really don't think Missouri will be great this year. Homecoming mm-hmm. game then, but I do. Okay, so I know you're. You know, I know you're gonna love this. I like Tennessee to win this game. I know we were arguing about it the other day. Mm-hmm. I do think that this is going to be a tough one. First true road test for the team. Um, I know that we say it every year that Kentucky's, I'm sorry, Tennessee's, you know, finishes a year good and they never start really good. Mm-hmm. I, I do like so hype. I do I, like, I think it's different this year with Tennessee. And when it, I, I wrote, could be wrong. I could be fake. But, uh,
1: my win loss is out right before we do this. I actually put that I think this is Florida's closest game of the year and I put it as a loss for now, but I, I think. I think I could change that if they fall, blow
0: out Kentucky or something. And like
1: I that. could too. And I. I mean, yeah. I hope. Hopefully, I do. I do feel in my gut that Tennessee always finishes so much stronger than they start, and that I always love where Florida plays Tennessee because I can't tell you how many seasons I've said like, "Oh man, glad we didn't face this Tennessee." in september um so i do think that that's their history right i'm not saying i think this team might be built a little bit differently hence why i'm predicting this but i think this is florida's closest game this is the closest coin toss in my mind um i think that this game could go you know either way i do have usf as a win i have eastern missouri and Or excuse me, Eastern Washington and Missouri as a win as well. We go into LSU. I have LSU as a win, but I have that as the the second closest game that Florida plays is LSU. Closest win, yeah. Um, So I yes,
0: I am a complete coin flip on this. Mm -hmm. I just think with a with I have no. I actually think home field
1: advantage is what is the only thing I know led me to the win. I I think that. I, I think mean,
0: LSU has more talent on their team. Like I don't, you know. I think that's I, I a think fair statement.
1: I mean, I mean, LSU had a down year, but they've recruited the hell out of
0: yeah. Uh, you know, and, for and the last, like Florida,
1: like you know, Florida, they years, had a whatever. lot of
0: guys quit at the end of the year, mm-hmm. right? They, you know, so I don't know that. That's just you got two new systems, two new head coaches,
1: sure.
0: two new quarterbacks. Start, you know, like who the heck knows on that one? I think I like Florida there because. Yeah. It's at home, but, like, I won't be shocked with anything here. I'm, yeah. I'll tell you this. I'm glad we're playing LSU first game, and they haven't yeah. had half the year to warm up. Like because the talent-wise, like,
1: at some point, talent takes over, and LSU yeah. has. And that's why I think that, you know, when we talked about uh, UNC last year and LSU and things like that, LSU, regardless of what their record is, can go toe-to-toe with pretty much anybody in the country talent-wise. And that's a scary factor. That always has to be in in all of the predictions that we make. They're going to have more talent than almost everybody that they play, always. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I don't know. Then we go to UGA. I do have that as a loss. Um, yeah,
0: I don't even think I, there's a ton to say there. I, I have uh, the same I mean, way. They're going to be really good again this year, and Florida I think just they will. needs I to don't, catch up.
1: I don't think that Florida was as far away from Georgia last year that you thought they were. I thought that I felt like in that game a lot of things went absolutely wrong wheels kind of fell off and things but I feel like it was five plays away from being a very very different game you can take that for what it is they got their butts kicked but I don't didn't feel like it was as big a gap as it should have been given what Georgia had been recruiting wise and and things like that I, I, I thought, I still yeah, I thought loss, but I don't yeah. think it's that huge of a of a gap
0: I agree with you I no I still think it's a big gap. But I agree with you in the fact that that game last year um Florida's defense got up and showed up for that mm-hmm. and um they did a really good job there. Um yeah. so I'll say that. I also thought that UGA looked just weird in that game. Mm-hmm. And I you know, so it's like it's always the battle of like how much was it UGA looking bad? How sure, much was it Florida sure. looking good? Probably a little bit of both. So, yeah, yeah I'm I'm I, I don't disagree that I thought Florida played well enough in the first half made some crucial mistakes that went down in the half and, and that was pretty much the end of it because yeah. they just couldn't move the ball on you know a terrific defense but yeah I, I mean I've got UGA winning and then I've also got AM and winning the next week. I have I AM a-
1: winning the next one too but I the caveat with that is that sometimes losses galvanize your team so is a first year coach that seems to have the buy-in does he get two losses in a row I mean, maybe because A and M does have a couple really talented classes that they bought that are they're playing with right now. So uh, you know, maybe that's the difference, right? But I do, I could see a scenario where it doesn't happen because of back-to-back losses, and I do for sure think the loss happens at UGA. But I have it as a loss too.
0: It would surprise me if they were to win either of those, um, certainly yeah. being Georgia a little bit more, but yeah. I do think A&M is going to be really good this year. Yeah. Um, like nine and three, 10 and two type year. And so it, it would surprise me if that game was in the swamp.
1: Yeah. I would have a different maybe. feeling on that too, potentially. Um, but, but like on I said, the road, I have a loss.
0: That's a tough one. Um, this was a game that I, you know, South Carolina was a game I thought Florida quit in last year. Mm-hmm. Um. I still think this is a tough game. I think I lean Florida just because it's in Gainesville, mm-hmm. but this is not one that I'm um, willing to just write will be off and senior say senior night
1: too at UF um, because the last two games are away. Road, yeah. And I think that there's an emotional thing that comes from that. Like it is hard to explain what it's like for seniors when they, the coach that brought them in is let go. There's a new transition. Like senior night will be emotional for the guys that stuck it out that are on this team. I think that'll be a factor it being the last game in the swamp is, you know, always kind of an emotional thing take senior night aside, but I think that it will be close. I don't think that they're, and I mean, that can change. I, my prediction may change seeing how the rest of the season, you know, plays out, but I have that as a win.
0: I think Florida wins that game. I would not be shocked at all. I mean, you know, even with Florida quitting, is still a team that beat Florida by like 30 last year. Right. So they, they have the, the pieces to be able to do some things. Again, we're going to know a lot more about this team and mm-hmm. both of these teams after they've played eight sure. games. And we may get to the second Saturday in November and say like, Oh my gosh, you know, Florida has no chance or South Carolina has no chance in this sure. or whatever. Right. Like we may know by then. Um, but yeah, I think Florida wins this. Obviously I honestly think, think they
1: this is a scenario where South Carolina is not m- more talented. That doesn't mean that they haven't been better coached. That doesn't mean that they don't have the better pieces in the right Spots, but this isn't a scenario like an LSU game where you're like, "Well, it doesn't really matter what they look like ever," because we know that toe to toe, they've got some of the best talent in the country. That is not. I, I don't. I don't think that that's necessarily the case for South Carolina. That doesn't mean that they don't win, but I, if they do win, I don't think it's because they have massive amounts of talent.
0: So. I think we both think Florida beats Vandy, um, no, no real shocker there. And then the last game of the year on Friday night, Florida state, Florida, as of right now, Florida state is a two point favorite in this game, which is a little bit interesting, but as we kind of alluded to earlier, um, Florida and Florida state, their over unders for wins and losses are both set at Mm 6.5, which is kind of interesting to me. Vegas kind of saying like both of these teams are six ish to seven win teams. Um, I actually think there's a really good chance that both of these teams and it, it doesn't come out of my pre- record. Cause I think I would have them at seven and five. I think there's a decent chance that both of these teams go into this game at six and five and the winner gets a, gets a winning record before the bowl. Um, I, uh, you know, I'll just say it like this early in the year. I kind of like Florida state to win this game. I think that they were a, a muffed pun away from winning last year. Um, as much as we talk about Florida quitting, um, in the in the late parts of the season, I, I do think they got up for that Florida State game. I mean, you could see how hard they were playing, and there was no quit in in the team at all. And so, I think I like Florida State here, close, just like last year, maybe a three point game or something. It's uh, really I mean, hard to predict. I don't. This game I understand a three
1: point game. I don't know how you sat in that stadium watching that game and thought that that was ever really, uh, you know tight. I didn't, it didn't feel like that at all in the stadium. It never felt out of control. And this is a team without a coach, without, you know, uh, lots of pieces. But I, I last year didn't feel close to me, um, regardless of what the score says. I I have it as a Florida win. Um, I'm not saying they're going to blow out Florida State. I think that two and a half right there is probably a home field advantage. I think that's Vegas telling us they think these teams are pretty equal, pretty which even. is an interesting yeah. concept just in itself to me. But, you know, um, I think but I guys, have... though,
0: to, to comment on that, though, the teams being equal, I think that, again, we mentioned that Florida State brings back the 11th most production mm-hmm. in the country. Yeah. And Florida's like down in like the 50s. Sure, right? sure. So Florida I mean, has talent, but we've just not seen unknown. any it's of an it an on the field. Right. right. Like, and I mean, and, and that's so probably I think that's a we're... big, that's a big part I, of it. Right. Like, I think so you're assuming that like guys are going to jail together. Sure. And w- whereas and with Florida on. State, you're kind of like, oh, well, if We've they just take their, a little yeah. bit of a step forward, you know, at each position. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I know we yeah. argued about it the last Fair. time with, when the game actually happened. I mean, I do think the first three quarters were close. Florida State ends up, yeah, Florida ends up punting from their own, you know, shout out Eric, but uh, Florida ends up punting from their own end zone. And the guy hits like a 70 yarder that, that Florida State muffs. Yeah. If he, you know, I, th- I honestly thought that was the play of the game was, was his punt, you know, cause if Florida state, if he doesn't do that, I think they have the ball in, in plus territory, you know, down a field goal. But yeah, I mean, it's hard to, I mean, last year I, I picked, Florida, you know, I'm not being a major homer last year. I picked Florida to win this game by like 17. So, you know, going into the year, I mean, I was pretty realistic with, with where I thought the teams were. I think they're a little closer this year and, you know, it being in Doak, um matters. I also think that, a huge factor that we haven't really talked about for both teams is, you know, quarterbacks kind of staying healthy, right? Like if either right. quarterback goes oh, yeah. down, then, mm-hmm. you know, every game's a loss. So right. <laughs> minus some, maybe like the Eastern Washington stuff. Um, all right, let's go through Florida state schedule real quick. We'll be a little bit quicker because I'm supposed to jump on another thing, but they, they have the week zero game against Duquesne. Some of our fan base is so jaded from the Jacksonville state thing last year that they, you know, ask about Duquesne. I mean, I, uh, I truly believe that, uh, Duquesne would lose to Jacksonville State by like 28. I'm not nervous about that at all. I think Florida State starts out 1 0. I assume you feel the same way. Yeah. Um, the LSU and Louisville games, I'll do these together. This is kind of my reverse Utah Kentucky. I okay. like both LSU and Louisville really close. Like, I don't think Florida State's getting blown out by either of these teams. Again, Florida State's a three point dog to LSU in New Orleans. So, yeah, which is also interesting. Um,
1: Vegas like smoked a lot crap before they made.
0: I, uh, I, I like LSU close in this one. I like Louisville close in a vacuum, but I do think that Florida state finds a way to get one of these upsets. So again, like, give me like half a win out of these two. I, I, yeah. I you know, again, if they're, if they're in a vacuum, I think going on the road, um, I feel like Louisville is way, way less
1: of an upset than like, I think Florida state has a legitimate chance in the, uh, in the Louisville game. I think it would be an upset for them to beat LSU. Um, I
0: think Louisville's going to be a but, bigger favorite, as crazy as that. You? unless we beat LSU, I think they'll right. be like a five to six point favorite. So,
1: well, I think um, these lines will probably move over time as well.
0: Yeah. So, well, I don't think the I think the LSU one. I mean, I don't think anything that Florida State could do in the Duquesne game would would matter. But yeah. I'm sure you have LSU. But then, what do you think in the Louisville game?
1: I think the I think that Florida State has a legitimate chance in the LSU game. Now, I mean, excuse me, in the Louisville game, I'm now. So I feel like I predicted Florida State to win so many more games than they did last season when we did this episode. But I, you I predicted will take six.
0: We were both at six there.
1: I'll take LSU in the in the Louisville game.
0: You'll but take was, FSU. In excuse the Louisville.
1: me, FSU in the Louisville game. Yeah. But I'll take LSU. I was meaning I'll take LSU and Lou and I'll take LSU and I'll take FSU. I'll take. Florida State LSU. comes home.
0: Florida State comes home to face Boston College. I think the Noles win this game. I don't think it's a gimme by any means. I, I think mm-hmm. that they've got a really talented quarterback in Phil Dracovic and a really, really nice wide receiver that Miami tried to pay a boatload of money in the NIO world, and he said no in Zay Flowers. But I do think the Knolls win. They got up big last year, had to hold Boston College off in the end, but I, I think the Noles win that one. Um, and then I'll I'll do it again. I'll I'll stick with two. I'll I'll go in pairs of two tonight. Um okay. Wake Forest coming in town. If Sam Hartman's there, I think it's a little tougher. But if he's not there, I obviously like FSU to win without their starting quarterback in. Obviously, don't know what he's going through, but it reported that he's taking a, a leave from the team for a little while, non-medical type stuff. Um or like non on field injury, you know, whatever. So I, I actually like Florida State to win both of these either way, Boston College and Wake Forest, both games back at home. Um, give me two and O in this stretch.
1: Okay. Um, you know, I think, uh, I, I think they split this and I'm going to say that they beat Boston college and lose to wake forest. Um, so if so the wake forest
0: quarterback's still out, you still like them to lose to the backup there.
1: I do. I do. Okay. I like them to, uh, to lose to wake forest either way.
0: So, I've got two losses in the next two games. I've got okay. NC State and Clemson. I think both of those are incredibly tough. Mm-hmm. Um, they they actually played both of those teams really, really well last year. NC State game was the flu week where like mm-hmm. 10 guys missed and then your starting quarterback wasn't there. Yeah. And um, it was 14-21. to 21 and we didn't, about they, five,
1: they didn't yeah. re- release that they had the flu. You knew because you told me about it prior to it wow. happening. But they that didn't come out till like Friday night either.
0: Yeah. And so um, – but they played him really well. It was 14-21 yeah. in the fourth quarter. The defense really held him down. And then we ended up having a turnover and NC State scored to make it a two-score game. The Clemson game, you were over here for that one. The you know mm-hmm. had a had a lead with three minutes to go. I think Florida State could hang around and be in both of these games, okay. just like they were last year. I just don't I don't foresee a way of, that they win. You know, yeah. I think there's a chance that they beat either one of them. Um just be, based on – I I don't think Clemson's as good as they were five, six years ago. I don't think NC State's as good. You don't think they're um, as good as
1: that four that's sitting right next to them right now? Aren't no. they four? Okay.
0: Yeah, I think they're probably a top 12-ish team. Okay. I think they'll have a couple of losses this year. But, yeah, I think that Florida State dr- does drop both of them. I think that you know either one of those would be a massive win, but I don't like either one of them. Also, in back-to-back um, weeks,
1: it's tough. I think they drop both as well.
0: I do think the schedule gets considerably easier it from does. here. It um, does. They should not lose. So I talked about five games that would really concern me if Florida State lost. Those mm-hmm. five games are uh, Duquesne, obviously, Boston College, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, and Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Louisiana had a good year last year, mm-hmm. but they lost nearly everyone from their staff and nearly and, everyone from their team. Uh, they they yeah. graduated a crap... So this is not this they graduated like or they got team.
1: cherry picked and went to Florida, yeah. which they also took. You know, Florida took quite a few players there too.
0: Last um, year's Louisiana team would have would have worried me a lot. This one doesn't doesn't really yeah. worry me much. I so I like the Noles to win all of those, and then um, I know I picked Florida, so I'll I'll pick Miami to, to beat us. I picked us to beat Florida. I'm,
1: I'll pick my, I'm picking Florida State to beat Miami.
0: So and here's my take on that. I just think they split with the rivals, right? Sure. Like If they lose to Miami, I think they beat Florida. If they yeah if they beat Miami, I think they lose to Florida, right? Obviously crazier things could happen, but I think that's the easiest way to, when you're picking that two rivals, really close together. It's what happened last Mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it would not shock me at all if that's to happen. Now, if we end up beating Miami on the road, I'm going to feel good about that Florida game. I'm going to feel better about that Florida game. Um, but yeah, I think the schedule gets way, way easier. I think there's a great chance the team goes four and one to finish the year. Mm -hmm. Um, with wins against Georgia tech, Syracuse, Louisiana, and then one of the two rivals. Um, yeah. I think you've got us for four and one to finish the year as well. I do. Just I just have the you beating
1: are. Miami um, and losing to Florida. I mean, I think given what we saw last year between those games, it makes more sense that you would beat Miami and lose to Florida. I also think that Miami is just kind of like fake gold spray paint on plastic. Yeah. Um, I know that they're they're really feeling themselves about the way that recruiting is going right now. I just think I, I think Miami has a bigger culture problem than we realize and I think that that's part of why they're not able to fix these teams regardless of who their coaches. I'm going to be a huge Florida State fan that that day. Um honestly, I Miami and there is no off-season team worse than Miami and that's not just the case this year. I feel like that's every year. Um, it's just every worse this year. year it is. It's even worse this year because they, they actually have a little bit of hope. I think in the past it was like, well, we got to talk our smack now because we know we're not going to be able to talk it during the season. I think they actually believe some of what they're saying now. So maybe that's why it's even more obnoxious, but there is no more annoying off season fan than Miami.
0: So you have, and I don't disagree. You have Florida at nine and three Florida state at seven and five. Mm-hmm. Um, What's interesting there is if you're wrong about the Florida Florida State game at the end of the year, both teams will finish with an eight and four record. That's mm-hmm. actually what I think both teams' ceiling is. I think I actually I, I think Florida goes seven and five or eight and four. I think Florida State goes seven and five, six and six, or eight and four. Right. Yeah. I, so I think they're kind of in the same so- boat. I, I think that you know your your losses that you had were Tennessee, Georgia, and A and M. Mm -hmm. Um I I think what will happen with Florida is they'll drop one of those other coin flips we talked about. Right, which is possible. And that's like what we talk about winning the games that
1: you should first. And that is the first step, but it doesn't mean it happens year one. I think Florida's ceiling is actually ten and two. I know I'm not saying that Florida gets to that, but I think it kind of depends. And and a coin flip for that game is for me is Tennessee. I don't think that changes necessarily what happens with UGA or AM, but I that game is the one that I'm not sure how I feel like will play out because I do feel like in terms of talent wise, that's the team that Florida's closest to that I expect them to lose to, if that makes sense. The talent gap between them and Georgia and them and A&M is wider than any sort of gap between Tennessee and Florida. Um, But again, I think the absolute ceiling, like hit the lottery is 10 and two. I don't think that happens. I think nine and three. Um, But I, I mean, I like the idea of trending with three losses at the end there. Florida's schedule is kind of interesting because they do have that massive stretch in the middle of LSU, UGA, and AM which is going to be hard. And they start out with a really hard stretch, but they do have two two momentum builders in that schedule that USF or Kentucky and USF uh, can build a little bit there if those all, and if those both end up being wins. And then you got that Eastern Washington and Missouri, you can build some momentum there too. And then South Carolina Bandy going into a rival game against Florida state. I don't mind the way that this sets up outside of that gauntlet in the middle.
0: Yeah, I think Florida State is very similar. I think that there's a couple of tough games at the beginning. Uh, Florida's got a couple of tough games at the beginning with Utah and Kentucky. Florida right. State has a couple of tough ones with LSU, and then on the road on a Friday night to Louisville. Mm-hmm. That said, I like that you get a you're playing the week zero game, so you get a buy before Louisville. That is something right. that I think will benefit FSU and maybe and give them a you, better chance you- to. Get a tune-up
1: too, right? Like yeah. I think tune Huge up, I mean,
0: for FSU. As much as we um, love these
1: Blockbuster games week one, which we do because it's great TV, I honestly would prefer my team get a tune-up prior to time, these 100%. prime time things. Yeah. I mean, it, you Florida just you State don't hasn't know what you know until it happens, right?
0: Florida State hasn't won an opener since 2016, so it will be nice to That's get that monkey off their back. Right there. Um, and then well, that you know, should
1: happen this year. If that doesn't happen, then Florida oh, yeah. State fans are going to be packing Norvell's bags for him. Yeah.
0: I think you got to um, fire that him that happen,
1: day. Right? Oh, you have to. I think if he yeah. if he loses to Duquesne, you fire him week zero. Yeah. But I don't it see would, that happening. It will be over.
0: So, anyway. All right, cool. Well, this was fun. Next week will be officially game week. We'll jump back <gasps> on. We'll have a lot of fun. We'll chat. We'll hang out. We'll do it all over again. But thanks for hanging out. If you guys watched, if you listened, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button.
1: If you didn't like what you heard, talk to TJ.
0: Yeah, if you didn't if you didn't like it, then make sure you retweet it so other you can ruin other people's day. You wanna make sure they're miserable as well. Uh, for Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger. We'll be back next week, Tuesday night live here again. Um see you guys next day time. We'll be both cheering for FSU next week. It'll be great. That is true. <laughs> oh man.